Welcome to today on Broadway for for 420, April 20th, 2020. <laughs> hey. I mean, hey man, smoke them if you got them. At this point, hey. we're all in quarantine. Do what you got to do. I'm asthmatic. I can't smoke anything, oh, so it sorry. doesn't matter. That's right. I'm, <laughs> but I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. <laughs> I've got you covered, and I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. <laughs> not, I, I am arts and culture writer Ashley Steves, not an asthmatic. Yes, not uh, an asthmatic. <laughs> uh, this might get us canceled. Uh, anyway, uh, before we get into the show, uh, Ashley, we had a number of things come up in our various podcast feeds over the weekend. We did, the first yes. one was a fantastic interview with our friend James Marino and the great Georgia State talking about her new album, A Quiet Revolution. Our friend and fearless leader. That's true. Fearless leader. Uh, well, not really fearless. Uh, that's debatable. Some small fears. Yeah. Some fears. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a bunch of fantastic people. I've listened to the album over the weekend. I saw Georgia State in concert at Birdland with a lot of the people on this album oh, back in yes. February. Uh, so, so good. I love Georgia State both as a composer and as a human. She's a great follow on Twitter. She's wonderful. So that came out on Saturday. Then on Sunday afternoon, we had This Week on Broadway when Peter James and Michael talked about their Desert Island discs. So yes, kind of a yes. uh, high fidelity reference there. Um, so check that out. What cast albums they could not live without. And then just a, f- a little bit before we started recording this episode, I put out the new Some Like It Pop is Always Extraordinary playlist edition. Where you Jennifer McHugh yes. and I recapped episodes 9 and 10 of the first season of Zoe's Extraordinary playlist. And Ashley, as I was telling you before we Your started favorite- show yes holy crap this one pissed me off jen completely <laughs> disagreed with me now just to be oh. clear jen and i on something like a pop we didn't we, we disagreed a lot but not like bitterly like we weren't like completely okay at odds very often right. um we are very much at odds now Wow, um, interesting. I, I put it out on the tweeter and I mentioned it in the episode. If if I didn't have like one more recap episode to do this, I probably wouldn't watch the last two episodes. That's how much I do not like the main character. And she doesn't Zoe. feel the same way at all, apparently. No, she she is she, Jen at, at the beginning did not like Zoe either. Um where my dislike for how and again, she's Zoe's a fictional character, so I don't have any sure. problems with Zoe. I have a problem with how the writers um, are handling her. Jen, on the other hand, is growing to like her more and to understand her. And everything that Jen says is absolutely true and logical if this was real life, but it's not. And I don't appreciate how the writers and producers are framing her in this world. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a, like an understanding on a, on a mental level. We see and understand what each other's saying. It's just not hitting us in the same way. But anyway, mm. that is in the Patreon feed. If you would like to hear it, head over to patreon.com slash Broadway radio. And for our list of Palooza in this episode, we talk about our top 10 favorite things that, uh, featured a cast member from Zoe's, either a series regular or a major recurring character. Um, so we each, Jen and I, each had ten different things uh, that we talked about. So that was a lot of fun to get into. But very cool, yeah, yeah. All right, Ashley, let's get into today's news. And unfortunately, we have some uh, some sad news to start with when it comes to Tony Award nominee Nick Cordero. Over the weekend, his wife and fellow Broadway alum Amanda Klutz announced the fact that because of some ongoing issues with not being able to get circulation of blood flow down to his right leg, they had made the very, very painful decision to have 
Nick's right leg amputated. And this is something that I talked with my mom, who's a four decade medical professional about. And she explained how this happens is that when organs begin to shut down, which is what obviously has had to happen because uh, Nick is on di- a dialysis machine, mm. machine and he had been on an ECMO machine, which makes sure that your heart and lungs are functioning. When organs begin to shut down, the body naturally um, kind of clots up blood and stops blood from flowing to extremities in order to force all of the blood to those organs that need more blood to operate. Um, so they either could let it go and see what happens and risk him getting gangrene and potentially dying. Or they have to make that tough decision to um, to amputate the leg, and they had to do that. And I, I'm just, I, I don't even know what to say, Ashley. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. such a horrible thing for someone who makes their life as a performer and a dancer. And then to think about if he does wake up, which heaven help us, I hope he wakes up, then you have mm-hmm. to tell him that he had his right leg. I just, I yeah. can't. I, Ex- I just can't. Exactly. It's just horrible. Um, the one nice thing that we have learned uh, over the weekend is that some family friends launched a GoFundMe for Nick, nice. Amanda and their son, Elvis. When I first saw it, um, Alex Boniello tweeted it out. So I looked at it and they were trying to raise $25,000. Oh, that, I, I that, know what it's at now. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. They crushed that and they kept raising the goal, kept raising the goal. As I'm looking at it right now, their current goal is $350,000. Mm-hmm. They have $342,536. Wow. Um, the the rehab for, and I'm just going to say when Nick wakes up, is going to be tremendous, obviously. Yes. And our um, healthcare system and our health insurance system is an absolute joke in this country. Correct. So, um, yes. Could do an so, entire podcast just on that. Yes, we, we do absolutely. not have the time. No, but if you feel inclined to donate to them, obviously they have a ton of money, which is awesome, but um, they could probably even use more. But for whether sure. you're donating Sadly, to this GoFundMe sure. or to, yeah, whether you're donating to this GoFundMe or the Actors Fund or Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS or a food kitchen in your area if you have the means um i beg you to contribute when and wherever you can Mm -hmm. uh, because there are people like nick and his family and then many many more around the country and the world who are going to need help because our government clearly um is so bass backwards that they can't figure out how to do the very least to help their own citizens uh all right ashley let's move on from that but as we do we obviously send our best thoughts and wishes and prayers if you are so inclined uh, towards uh, Nick, Amanda, and Elvis. On Friday, the uh, the publication Deadline and their theater editor, Greg Evans, had a Q&A with Broadway League president Charlotte St. Martin. And it's a fairly long uh, Q&A back and forth asking some of the questions that are the things that we've been talking about here on Broadway Radio. Um, but really the big pull quote from this, Ashley, had to do with, I mean, kind of the reaction that uh, Governor Cuomo said don't count on Broadway as being the indication as to how things will work. And, of course, Charlotte St. Sure, Martin, as sure. we know, she is a, a little sensitive about A very about some wise of these quote, to be quite honest. <laughs> I agree with yeah, him Yeah, in many much. ways. It, yes. <laughs> it, spo- it spawned many, many memes. Um, it did, but yes. what Charlotte St. Martin was, uh, basically she said, she said, quote, As late as two weeks ago, we were thinking that with any luck, we might be up by July and that a worst case scenario might be September. Now, the best guesses are that unless there's serious testing and information, America sucks, we're not going to do serious testing, that we don't current or information that we don't currently have, 
we're probably looking at September or later. And actually, that's what I've been saying from the beginning, that Labor Day is the earliest that I could see it happening. I think that as we start to see people trying to liberate states, which is... So mad. I I have to I have to not think about it to lower my blood pressure. Just especially in seeing things in your state over the past yeah, t- couple exactly. days. Yeah. Well, and it's just so maddening. I mean, take the fact that we just talked about Nick Cordero and how this is impacting people's lives, but just the pure yeah. rank hypocrisy of this. While it, it everyone uh, these people who are out. Um, you know, doing these protests or whatever, carrying around Confederate right. flags. Right. They're the same people that are that are always espousing the importance of states' rights. Right. And then when a state makes the decision that it impacts them, they don't like it. They're also the same people that are constantly talk about when a person of color is um unfairly accused of something or unfairly injured or unfairly killed by the police. They all say, "Well, if they'd have just would have listened to orders and obeyed the law, right. nothing would have yes. happened." And now they should these have, they are the should same have listened people. to the police. They should have listened <sighs> to the law. And now, well, we are so off topic, but um, but I, it's just it's, it's okay. so We're maddening. And to be you, at this point, we have news to we have space to fill in a lack of news. <laughs> yeah, and, but it, it all of that. I think the and I mentioned this on the Zoe's episode actually, where hearing about nick and all these other people I, my cousin has thankfully recovered um if she was never actually officially diagnosed but she works in a hospital and probably had it her and her husband have both mm. recovered um but it's just it's just maddening when you see these people that are clearly being funded by rich people who just want to get back to the the, the thing that they only care about which is making money but anyway we will get back to uh, uh theater sorry james <laughs> James, our fearless okay. leader that our fearless leader this is his biggest fear of us yeah us <laughs> going yeah. off topic on politics anyway anyway so <laughs> um but but actually as we see people starting to do things like this I, I could see january because we very much expect for a second wave of this to come so while i am still oh, hopeful yeah. and optimistic yeah. that we could see broadway return I don't know, mid late, early mid September. I, I, I'm not it's holding tough. my breath for anything. At it's this tough. Point. I mean, a lot of people want to. People want to go as early as possible. As they want to keep a date in their head as early as possible. And I get the optimism, but optimism could also wipe out the reality of what we need to do. So I think at this point, it's just easier, <laughs> easier quote unquote. To keep September in our head as far as this is when we're going to be able to start getting back. And if it's longer, it's longer. But if we keep September in our head, then we know we need to do the uh, absolutely everything possible to make September happen. As, as to people are thinking June 7th right now. And oh, hell to the no. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's, it's not going to happen. You can't be that optimistic. You have to be realistic and do whatever needs to be done. To make sure we can get back in a theater this year. Yeah. And uh, the more and more we see things um, being announced around the country, Facebook has suspended all large events through June of 2021. Um, So hopefully that doesn't happen (laughs) with Broadway. (laughs) All right, Ashley, let's move on. Um, Another cancellation that we have to talk about is the fact that the public theater last week officially canceled, which is what we assumed, but officially canceled Mm -hmm. the summer season of Shakespeare in the Park of the Delacorte Theater. In Central Park, this is the first time in nearly six decades that there will not be free Shakespeare productions performed in the middle of Central Park. Uh, obviously, it's a um, uh, it is a New York tradition, but mm-hmm. with a the public theater furloughing about seventy percent of its full time 
permanent staff and senior leadership taking significant pay reductions to make sure that the institution can have a long-term viability. This was a necessity and uh, it's very sad. Hopefully Richard II and As You Like It um, will be programmed into 2021. That also includes, that's not just Shakespeare in the Park, that includes the public theater's Colored Water, what was supposed, which was supposed to come oh, up. Yeah, also, yeah. It also includes all of Joe's pub programming through the end of August, which I teased on the show last week that I knew that there was going, I had heard from performers who had received an email late last week, at Joe's, cabaret performers who'd received an email late last week saying, we're going to be closed through August and we're going to have to cancel all your events. So... Yeah, this is this is kind of what Just to horrible. expect at this point. Yeah. Now, one of the small bits of good news that we had over the past weekend, after the delayed streaming of the Disney on Broadway 25th anniversary concert, it finally didn't happen on Friday. Yay. I sat down and I enjoyed it. My only complaint is when you're when you have a tap dance number, take the social media comments off oh, the no. bottom of the screen. I want to see their feet tap dancing. Oh no, I didn't see. I didn't get to see it, so I didn't yeah. get to witness that. Yeah, I would have had the same complaint that, because tap dancing numbers are my favorite parts oh, of musicals usually. Yeah, and throw in Ashley Park dancing with uh, a bunch of the original oh, musicals, and I was yes, all there. Um, yes. Anyway, but the the other good news about that is that as of this last article that I saw, it had raised uh, $609,479 for Broadway Cares Equity oh, Fights AIDS' yes. COVID-19 Emergency Assistance Fund. Amazing. Um, so congratulations to everyone. I contributed uh, because I'm a sucker um, for uh, Ashley Park and tap dancing. So there you, you go. So be. I did that. Yes. Uh, but it's really a great concert uh, all around. And Ryan McCartan uh, did a great job hosting. All right, Ashley, uh, because of all of the crappiness that I talked about at the beginning, I decided to overload us with feel-good recommendations. Love that for us. The first one, yeah, the first one comes from Masterworks Broadway, and it's our own Peter Felicia. As everybody knows who listens to This Week on Broadway, for years, every time Peter is on, which has been most Sundays for uh, six, seven, eight years, he ends the episode with a trivia question. So for Masterworks Broadway, he put together a list of all of the trivia questions from 2020. So you can go through. I am not smart enough to um, know <laughs> most of these. Okay. Um, I am not. I just there. I can never get Peter's trivia questions. So check those out. We'll have a link in the show notes. Then over the weekend, um, uh, over in the New Yorker, over in the New Yorker, Rachel Syme has a new profile on oh, patty lapone called so patty lapone live from her basement oh it's perfect um everything from talking about all of the props that we've seen uh through her social mm-hmm, media videos mm-hmm. to wishing that she'd gotten asked to do more sex scenes um is also in there yes it's that just she's a, very game to do future sex scenes yes which, which I mean, Please. why the hell not? You're Patty yeah. freaking Lavone. You can do anything um, you want. She talks about company and all this stuff. So um, Rachel Being is neighbors one with of- Sondheim, which I want to move into that neighborhood <laughs> immediately. Yes, yes absolutely. It's my, it's my make-a-wish. <laughs> yeah, Rachel's one of the best uh, interviewers and writers there are. So check this out. It is Very fantastic. much so, yes. 
Then I've got a bunch of videos. The first is um, from uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child's Nathan Salstone and his girlfriend and quarantine partner, Michaela Diamond, from the Share Show. Um, I've talked about one of their um, living room concerts very early on in this quarantine, but they put out a video on Nathan's Instagram, which is them singing an acoustic version of the theme song from the TV show Friends, which when I, when I say that, you think, yeah, whatever. Let me tell you. That song played like this with a slowed down tempo with those two voices harmonizing, mm-hmm. harmonizing hits you in a much, Ooh. much different way when you uh, are hearing it in the middle of quarantine. So uh, check that one out. Then so another no one insta- told you life was going to be this way, Matt. Yeah, there you go. And much, much more. Uh, and then this is a new uh, Instagram account, which apparently just popped up. Uh, over the weekend, and it, if you go to Instagram, it is I could melt, uh, and all it is, <laughs> I'm laughing. Oh boy! So all this is is videos of people singing the part in the Wicked score. I'd be so happy I could melt. Oh my! Because goodness. it is one of the, the weirdest. It's, the it's worst so hard. Slide. Yeah, but then like some of them are. Like, of course, they started with Adina. Then we see, like, Bonnie Milligan at jo- at um, 54 Below doing it. Then we see, like, um, Jessica Vosk and Christine Dwyer doing it. And some of them are, some of them have figured it out. And I'll let you, as you watch them, figure out which ones have figured out how to do this properly. But then they have some people, and I'm not a big fan of the, like, the uh, Courtney take your break type things where they make fun of mm-hmm. people. Especially kids, but that but there's some other really sure, yeah. they, there are some of those in there. But then they've also got Stephen Schwartz doing it, and then they also oh, cut yes. in the word melt into things like frozen, uh, into a clip of Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand, and Ethel Merman. It's just oh, very very funny. Um, so check that out. Um, I highly 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 recommend that. Um, the best <laughs> the best one I think. Okay, so I just listened to it to make sure it was the right one. Okay. My favorite one is from, I guess this is on Broadway or potentially on tour. It is Alice Fearn, F-E-A-R-N. She figured it out. So if you want to go over to uh, oh. Instagram.com slash I Could Melt, check out. Uh, right now, it's the fourth I'm really most excited recent for one. this now. It's really good. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, and then another one, I saw this video that got... Sent all around Instagram. It is from Broadway performer um, Aaron Kaburik, who is currently in the ensemble of Mrs. Doubtfire on Broadway. And it is just a video of... Uh, this is where my mind is this weekend. It is a video of a squirrel. <laughs> it's a video of a squirrel spinning around on a bird feeder, trying to get to the bird feed. Oh, yes. And <laughs> Aaron has Aaron has put a bunch of show tunes timed perfectly to win the squirrel. And again, this is the squirrel creating all this momentum to him spinning around, being flown, uh, being thrown off of the bird feeder. It's like two and a half minutes of just hilarity. There's one that literally made me cackle about a minute in <laughs> um, that is very, very good. Um, and then two more real quick. Uh, we mentioned a version of this uh, a week or so ago, but the the neighbor of Brian Stokes Mitchell, who originally captured him singing The Impossible Dream, got a better video camera this time. And we are getting close ups now of Stokes singing Impossible Dream out of his uh, balcony. It's wonderful. And apparently this person named Eric, who posted the video, said he also sang 
the opening song, I'm I Don Quixote, and he is going to post that later. He hasn't posted it as of the time that we're recording. Um, so that's wonderful. Stokes is the best. I absolutely love him. So glad that he is feeling uh, well enough to belt two uh, iconic musical theater songs out his balcony and sound as wonderful as he does. So he's uh, truly thankful the that he best. is getting healthy. I can listen to that. First of all, I can listen to that song any any minute of any day, and especially his rendition of it. And I. That's another neighborhood I want to move into immediately. Both his neighborhood and both Stephen Sondheim and Patty Lapone's neighborhood. Yes, absolutely. I still think that um, Impossible Dream is the first time I've ever seen. Well, it's definitely the longest mid-show standing ovation that I've ever seen. Oh, um, it had to be two minutes after I geez. saw that on Broadway with him. So, absolutely fantastic. <sighs> All right, Ashley, that is all that we have today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. All right, head over to Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio if you want to hear me and Jennifer McHugh argue about Episodes 9 and 10 from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I hate Zoe or the oh way that the writers goodness. have made Zoe. Jen is starting to sympathize with her more and starting to see a little bit more reality leading to why she is making destructive decisions. Uh, but you can head over there and check that out. Have a wonderful Monday, everybody. We will be back in some form or fashion to talk to you on Tuesday. Be good to yourself. Be good to each other. Wash your hands and don't go liberating states.